Ladies and gentlemen, the following segment of the podcast is presented exclusively by Hillsdale College. For over 175 years, four purposes have defined Hillsdale's mission, learning, character, faith, and freedom. Thank you for listening and my sincere appreciation to our brothers and sisters at Hillsdale for their great sponsorship. He's here. He's here. Now, broadcasting from the underground command post, deep in the bowels of a hidden bunker, somewhere under the brick and steel of a nondescript building, we've once again made contact with our leader, Mark Levin. Eight seven seven three eight one three eight one one eight seven seven three eight one three eight one one. In December or so, you may recall, in twenty twenty, a bill was passed by the Republicans for about half a trillion dollars to deal with COVID. Remember that, Mister Producer? The Democrats came into office immediately, pushed a one point nine trillion dollar bill tried to follow up with a five to six trillion dollar bill that was stopped by two votes but lest we forget in August of 2021 11 short months ago there was a bipartisan infrastructure bill that was passed for 1.2 trillion dollars 69 to 30 was the vote. 69 to 30. Every Democrat voted for it and 19 Republican senators. You want to know who they were? Because these senators have contributed to inflation today. Their bipartisanship has contributed to what's taking place today. Roy Blunt of Missouri. Richard Byrd, North Carolina. Bill Cassidy of Louisiana. Shelley Moore Capito of West Virginia, Susan Collins of Maine, Kevin Kramer of North Dakota, Mike Crapo of Idaho, Deb Fisher of Nebraska, Lindsey Graham of South Carolina, Chuck Grassley of Iowa, John Hooven of North Dakota, Senate Minority Leader Mitch McConnell of Kentucky, Lisa Murkowski of Alaska, Rob Portman of Ohio, Jim Reich of Idaho, Mitt Romney of Utah, Dan Sullivan of Alaska, Tom Tillis of North Carolina, 
Roger Wicker of Mississippi, these 19 Republicans, even after the $1.9 trillion spending splurge, contributed another $1.2 trillion. One nine and one two, three point one trillion on top of the half a trillion just months before. Three point one six trillion dollars in less than one year on top of a nearly five trillion dollar federal budget. That's why we have inflation. That's why we have inflation. And these nineteen Republicans contributed to it. It's about damn time the media in this country, when they bring them on and they're attacking the Democrats, point out who these 19 rhino cowards are playing to the media. And by the way, you're going to need a lot more than $1.2 trillion to do the work that was costing $1.2 trillion today. But of course, the main culprits, not to lose sight, obviously are the Democrats and Biden. No question about it. No question about it. They are the main culprits. And this is a big deal. It's a really big deal. Even more. Even more than the inflation rate you saw. The consumer price index. That's over 9%. Even more than that, we have the producer price index. The producer price index, which went up over 11 points, double digits. Why does the producer price index matter as we discuss every month? Those are the costs that the producers, the wholesale level, have to pay. So if they go up double digits, that means you're in for a worse ride this month and the following month. That is a big deal. Our banks are starting to have some issues because of loan problems and foreclosure issues. They're starting to have some issues. It's starting to spread. Now, Joe Biden likes to talk to employment levels. What will soon happen is people are going to be fired. You're going to have to slash costs. The biggest cost for most businesses is personnel. That's what's going to start happening. The Federal Reserve, which was caught flat-footed, is now trying to catch up. It's very likely it's going to increase interest rates in the next week or two by at least three quarters of one one point, as I mentioned, but now more likely one point, like Canada just did. And the following month, another point. I lived during the, the terrible late 70s into the early 80s, stagflation. We actually had a Federal Reserve that increased interest rates in one month. I think it was two and a half or three percent. And more than once, mortgage rates were through the roof, double-digit. So nobody could borrow money effectively. 
And if you were living off credit cards, you were paying interest rates 25-30%. This could all have been avoided. J.P. Morgan Chase, if not our biggest bank, certainly one of them, their earnings fell 28%. 28%. Bank of America has slashed the S&P 500 target another 5%. These things are happening and they're real. Now, you look at the cost of energy. We get into this debate and talk about generalities. But I dug in and I dug in hard and looked at the specifics. You're not going to want to miss it on Life, Liberty, and Levin Sunday, 8 p.m. Eastern. Because that's part of what I'm getting into. The Republican Study Committee has put together 81 81 policies that Biden and the Democrats and his bureaucracy put in place or are going to put in place that have driven up the cost of gasoline and oil and electricity, that have stretched the supply, that have turned us into a net importer of energy rather than a net exporter of energy. And once you go through this list, which is on the Internet, we even look at the basic issues that have been provided that, they, that Biden did through executive orders, you will see that this entire degrowth movement that I've been telling you about, that I've been writing about, that I talk about in American Marxism, that I talk about in at least two other books, that was given birth in the 1970s by European Marxist professors, think tanks, activists, including American activists. Plan was hatched right there. You can see now, just as you could see critical race theory in our corporations and in the classrooms and in the government, just as you can see this trans movement not about individual trans rights, the trans movement. Now you can see the impact on society generally and what it's doing to our country. Now, what are the Democrats going to do about it? What is Biden going to do about it? They can't do anything about it. They created this situation. They did it intentionally. They have sabotaged our economic system. They have sabotaged our economy. They have sabotaged our industries. The energy industry is what they've always wanted to destroy. To attack the industrialized heart of this country. Why? Degrowth movement. Degrowth movement. That's what it is. Keep that in your minds. It's not a green movement. It's not a clean air movement. It's not a clean water movement. It is an attack on American prosperity and capitalism. It is a degrowth movement. And the Federal Reserve now 
is advancing a policy to shrink the economy. To create less growth in the economy. Because of the fiscal spending of the Democrats and some of the rhinos. And its failure in the past to use monetary policy to ensure that we have sound money. Instead, as I've said, the Federal Reserve is the drug pusher for the drug addicts on Capitol Hill. Fiscal policy has been destroyed. Monetary policy has been destroyed. And you're caught in the middle. Do not let people get away with finger pointing. Whether it's Putin or Big Oil or Big Farm or Big Meat or Big Pharma or whatever it is. You're going to point at every single business, every single industry, every single industrial sector as conspiring against their own customers? No. It's the failed ruling class. The failed ruling class that fails to protect us in the cities from murders and rapists elsewhere in the suburbs. It's the failed ruling class that fails to secure the southern border with people pouring into this country, including people who rape 10-year-olds and 5-year-olds. By the way, not that we don't have scum of our own that do it, but my point is people who are treated this way by illegal aliens in those specific cases, they wouldn't be treated that way because there would be none. These same people who are destroying our constitutional construct, destroying the independence of our judicial system, threatening justices, demanding that we kill the lives of babies one second before they're born, cannot say they're opposed to infanticide because they embrace it and support it. These people can't fix what they support. They drove up the price of gasoline to punish you. They're attacking single-family homes now to punish you. That's the Democrat Party, America. The Democrat Party is an alien party. It's not like an American party. It's never embraced Americanism. Not from its founding. It's founding to today. Now these interest rates obviously are incredibly destructive. They weaken the value of the dollar. You know, just to put a fine point on it, we were being told by Bernie Sanders, how come we don't hear from Bernie Sanders anymore? We hear from Elizabeth Warren who wants to shut down every pregnancy center in America. She is a sick bastard. Absolute sick bastard. But we don't hear from Bernie Sanders. Why is that? Did Nancy Pelosi speak to over 11% PPI? Over 9% CPI? They're all figment of everybody's imagination. Oh, those are old, old statistics. Oh, yeah, two weeks old. Very old. We have people who are ruling this country in the Democrat Party who don't know what the hell to do about this. 
I'll be right back. Mark Lovin. Folks, it's no secret that Americans are more divided than ever, and it's not just over what policies will improve our great country. No, it's over whether America is great at all, whether America deserves our love. That's why Imprimus, Hillsdale's Digest of Liberty, is so important. Imprimus looks at the issues of the day from a constitutional perspective, reminding citizens always of our great heritage of liberty. For 50 years, Imprimus has featured speeches given at Hillsdale events by the smartest conservative thinkers and writers. These days, Hillsdale publishes people like Victor Davis Hanson, Molly Hemingway, and Chris Rufo. Over 6.2 million American households and businesses receive Imprimus absolutely free, and I urge you to sign up for it today at absolutely no charge. I always look forward to receiving my copy of Imprimus. My friends at Hillsdale and I want you to have a free subscription as well. To get your free subscription, go to levinforhillsdale.com right now, L-E-V-I-N for Hillsdale.com. I didn't know uh, Ivana Trump, but I know her children. And to me, the most important legacy a man or a woman can have, a parent, is their children. How they've raised their children. If they are smart, strong, independent people who can carry on and contribute and raise a family. And she succeeded wonderfully. Wonderfully. The Trump children, each and every one of them, are remarkable. They are remarkable. And they've had to withstand a lot in recent years. And so uh, we wish the Trump family uh, our deepest sympathies or give them our deepest sympathies. Wish them Godspeed and pray for the family. I have no idea how she passed away. It's really not my business to pry into something like that. But I know how difficult it is to lose a mother and a father. And so I want to wish them all the best in their time of mourning. We'll be right back. Folks, it's no secret that Americans are more divided than ever, and it's not just over what policies will improve our great country. No, it's over whether America is great at all, whether America deserves our love. That's why Imprimus, Hillsdale's Digest of Liberty, is so important. Imprimus looks at the issues of the day from a constitutional perspective, reminding citizens always of our great heritage of liberty. For 50 years, Imprimus has featured speeches given at Hillsdale events by the smartest conservative thinkers and writers. These days, Hillsdale publishes people like Victor Davis Hanson, Molly Hemingway, and Chris Rufo. Over 6.2 million American households and businesses receive Imprimus absolutely free, and I urge you to sign up for it today at absolutely no charge. I always look forward to receiving my copy of Imprimus. My friends at Hillsdale and I want you to have a free subscription as well. 
To get your free subscription, go to levinforhillsdale.com right now, L-E-V-I-N for Hillsdale.com. Yes, it's true that Mark Levin is the fastest growing radio show in America. The Mark Levin Show is on at 877-381-3811. All right. On the economy, the one of the economic advisors to uh, Joe Biden, of course, they should all resign in shame, but nobody ever resigns in shame. But uh, one of the economic advisors, her name is Heather Boucher. And I've heard her, and she sounds preposterous. But then again, she works for Biden. You have to be preposterous. And she was on CNN today, and she was questioned by John Berman. Cut 21, go. Gas prices have dropped 29 straight days, but Americans are going to need that extra money from the gas prices because the core rate of inflation month to month actually creeped up a little bit, which means everything else besides food and gas prices actually rising uh, a little bit there. And one thing I also want to point out is based on the last measurements from other countries, the rate of inflation in the U.S. is higher than it is in Canada, France, Italy, Japan, India, Mexico, China. Why? Well, here's a couple of things. I mean, first off, let's be clear. The bulk of um, the increases in prices last month were due to energy and food, and most of that was indeed due to energy. And so this is really the result of, you know, the United States and countries everywhere coming out of a historic pandemic. No, it's not. No, it's not. I'll let her finish, and I'll undress this. Go ahead. Ongoing challenges with supply chains, these fragile supply chains that businesses have created around the world. You don't need supply chains if you're drilling domestically. You guys are the ones that cut off these uh, pipelines that take oil from one part of our country to another part of our country. Go ahead. It's difficult to get products to shelves in the time of this recovery from a pandemic. You add on. No, that's not correct. The whole baby formula issue was an FDA-created disaster. The lack of wheat and corn, beef, chicken, and the rest that's going to become increasingly difficult to acquire, certainly at a reasonable price, is due to the cost of fertilizer, farming, ranching, trucking, packaging, all related to energy. Go ahead. This unprovoked war that Putin has been waging in the Ukraine. It's nothing to do with the unprovoked war Putin waged. We were importing 5% of Russian oil. We didn't need Putin's oil. We were energy independent. On top of that, I thought we were the ones encouraging people not to buy Putin's oil. You can't have it both ways. But ladies and gentlemen, before this economic pandemic in our own country here. You never heard about our importation of Russian oil and how crucial that was to the American economic engine. It's just absurd. Go ahead. That is why we've seen prices rise. Um, So these gas prices, and again, as you pointed out, this is a global phenomenon. Again, coming out of the pandemic is global. Ladies and gentlemen, core inflation in our country is higher than any other industrialized major country 
core inflation. When you put aside food and you put aside energy, which is absurd, of course, you have what's called core inflation. And core inflation is higher in the United States than any of these other countries. And this argument that we're just one of a mass and you just aggregate this stuff and what's the... No. That's not what happened. As I will explain soon. Go ahead. Challenges are global and the energy challenges are also global. Cut 22, go. The countries I just listed that have lower year-to-year rates of inflation at last measurements, they've all been hit by the pandemic and by energy prices as well. And I'm just trying to understand why it's a higher rate of inflation here in the United States. Let me, let me interrupt and provide a footnote. John Berman, CNN, isn't it more comfortable being a real reporter now? Have you given up on the stupid stuff now, John? Isn't it more important to your audience, such as it is, to do what you're doing today than what you did before? Seriously. If you're turning over a new leaf, I'm with you. If this is a respite between your insanity and the insanity of other hosts, I'm not with you. But if you turned over a new leaf, keep it up. Because this is what a reporter is supposed to do. So he says, okay, everybody was hit by the pandemic. Why is our inflation rate higher than everybody else's? Go ahead. Well, there are other countries that do have higher rates than the U.S. I mean, you know, certainly um, countries have their baskets of goods and, and particular uh, uh, things affecting their economies. But overall, what we see is this global trend towards higher prices. Um, and you see many countries that are uh, reaching record peaks like the United States. Um, and again, it is because in large part right now, um, because of this energy crisis. And so figuring out ways to contain um, the crisis in energy and for, for countries like the United States and Europe, of, of course, is taking concrete steps to wean ourselves off of these global oil markets. Here you go. We're going into, you see, the Green New Deal. That'll fix it. Europe is going back to coal and trying to get back to nuclear power, trying to ramp up its own its old nuclear power sites, which takes some time. They're in trouble. Germany's in big, big trouble because it bit off this global warming stuff, this climate change stuff, big time, and now has relied on Russia's pipeline, exactly what Trump told them not to do. And so all these people about the Paris Accords and follow Germany and follow France and follow Britain. Germany, France, and Britain don't have enough energy. They don't have enough energy. And we're in the same situation, but less so. But it's getting worse. As I will explain, and I do on Life, Liberty, and Levin this Sunday. I really, really hope you'll tune in. I try to make this show unique, relevant, and compelling. Because I know at 8 p.m. Eastern Time on Sunday, 5 p.m. Pacific, you have other things to do. And so I don't want to waste your time. I don't bring in phony guests or conga line of guests. I don't regurgitate issues again and again and again. I give it some serious thought, just as I do this program. Just as I do Levin TV. Go ahead. 
making all of these economies so vulnerable right now. It's why the president continues to focus on his clean energy agenda that can help make sure that... What is the clean energy agenda? Exactly. What is it? What is it? Where is it? What is it? Where is it? Solar energy and wind energy, ladies and gentlemen, solar energy and wind energy are not 24-7 energy sources. You have to back up wind energy and solar energy with these batteries. These batteries are not independently supportive of these other alternatives. They need fossil fuels of one form or another. It all gets back to fossil fuels in one form or another. We don't have enough of these critical materials either to make all the batteries they're talking about. China controls a ton of them. And I've talked about before the strip mining, effectively, that would have to take place in other countries in order to produce these batteries. So we don't have control over our own futures when they keep talking about solar and wind. We cannot make enough batteries in this country with the resources we have. We do not have some of these resources in our ground. They have them in Ukraine. They have them in Afghanistan. They have them in parts of Africa. We do not have enough in the United States of America. So we're going to do a massive shift, destroy our fossil fuel industries, destroy our economies, destroy all these jobs... Union, non-union jobs. We're going to freeze during the winter, sweat during the summer. For what? For all their talk. For all the media talk. That the sky is falling. They have nothing to offer us. Nothing. Zero. Zero. Trillions of dollars in subsidies over decades. Trillions of dollars of investment by the private sector over decades. And what do we have? Less than 10% of our energy comes from the sun and the wind. That's what we have. And how do they expect us to fly our planes? How do they expect us to propel our military? They don't have the foggiest idea. These are the same people who have destroyed our economy. With their inflation, the Biden, Pelosi, Schumer, Democrat Party inflation. Do you realize that the Democrat Party and and that whole universe of what that means are more Marxist when it comes to energy than Marxist China? than communist China. They're more socialist economically on the issue of energy than is communist China. That's how radical they are. I'll be right back. Mark Levin. Folks, it's no secret that Americans are more divided than ever, and it's not just over what policies will improve our great country. No, it's over whether America is great at all, whether America deserves our love. That's why in Primus, 
Hillsdale's Digest of Liberty is so important. And Primus looks at the issues of the day from a constitutional perspective, reminding citizens always of our great heritage of liberty. For 50 years, Primus has featured speeches given at Hillsdale events by the smartest conservative thinkers and writers. These days, Hillsdale publishes people like Victor Davis Hanson, Molly Hemingway, and Chris Rufo. Over 6.2 million American households and businesses receive Primus absolutely free, and I urge you to sign up for it today at absolutely no charge. I always look forward to receiving my copy of Primus. My friends at Hillsdale and I want you to have a free subscription as well. To get your free subscription, go to levinforhillsdale.com right now, L-E-V-I-N for Hillsdale.com. I just wish some of these reporters were armed with actual information that's available everywhere. Everywhere. What did Biden do in so many respects to create this energy crisis? Which, along with the spending like dr- drunken Marxists, <coughs> excuse me, has caused this, this massive inflation problem. One of his first actions on January 20, 2021, that afternoon, when he was sworn in, was to revoke approval for the Keystone XL pipeline. And then he imposed a moratorium on oil and gas leasing on federal lands and waters. Roughly 25% of U.S. production comes from federal lands. And the Keystone XL cancellation, it's it's signaled a, a reverberation and reverberated throughout the industry. It confirmed to many policy watchers Biden's willingness to use one of climate activists' favorite tactics, blocking midstream pipelines to restrict upstream production. Now, we have that in Pennsylvania, where there's an enormous amount of energy. And they can't build the pipelines to get it to New England. Right here in the United States. So the moves were part of Biden's broader climate agenda and targeted to reduce greenhouse gas emissions by 50% by 2030. And net zero by 2050. Now, how, how absurd is that? Carbon emissions. We even use their language. Carbon dioxide has never been a pollutant. Ever, 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 ever. It was never covered by any of the big laws passed in the 70s, the environmental laws. Clean Water, Clean Air Act. In a 5-4 to four decision, in a 5-4 to four decision, Massachusetts versus EPA. The U.S. Supreme Court decided that the EPA could regulate carbon dioxide. John Paul Stevens, a leftist, a Republican, a leftist, wrote the decision. So they expanded the law to cover carbon dioxide, even though carbon dioxide wasn't covered. This has become the bugaboo. As I've explained many times, and I wrote in Liberty and Tyranny, and of course, I cited the source. Take a stadium with 10,000 seats. That's the atmosphere. Four of those seats represent carbon dioxide. Four of them. Four of them. And so you can see uh, the situation. February 26, 2021. 
Biden updates the, quote, social cost of greenhouse gas emissions, dramatically altering the way the U.S. government calculates the, world war- the real world costs of climate change. Now, that could reshapes a range of consequences from whether to allow new fossil fuel leasing on federal lands, which he cut off, to what sort of steel is used in taxpayer-funded infrastructure projects, and on and on and on. Experts say it could reach as high as $125 cost per ton once the administration conducts a more thorough analysis. June 1, 2021, Biden proposed eliminating a slew of tax benefits for oil and gas and coal providers in favor of electric vehicles and other low-carbon energy alternatives as part of his $6 trillion budget. Proposed repealing the pass-through exemption from corporate income tax for partnerships that derive at least 90% of gross income from natural resources. In other words, he's done everything he can financially to cripple the domestic energy business. August 11, Biden calls on OPEC and other producers to increase supply to help curb rising oil prices, even though the U.S. is one of the three largest producers in the world and can deliver the supply itself. October 29, Biden and the Democrats propose a methane fee in their proposed budget, which start at $900 per ton in 2023 to $1,500 in 2025. Why? To drive up the cost of doing business. November 17, he unleashes the Federal Trade Commission to investigate oil companies and gas stations. March 12, they propose a top tax on oil producers and importers. March 21, the Securities and Exchange Commission proposed landmark quote-unquote climate rules that it has no authority to produce. And more. I'll be right back. This segment of the podcast is exclusively sponsored by Pure Talk. Pure Talk offers great coverage and can save your family money on your wireless bill every single month. Go to puretalk.com to find the plan that's right for you. Thank you again for listening, and thank you so much for this sponsorship, Pure Talk. He's here. He's here. Now broadcasting from the underground command post. Deep in the bowels of a hidden bunker, somewhere under the brick and steel of a nondescript building, we've once again made contact with our leader, Mark Levin. Hello, America. Mark Levin here. Our number, 877-381-3811. Yellow, 877-381-3811. I don't expect you to remember all this, but just so you understand and can hear the the magnitude of what Biden has done to our energy industry. He's done more to destroy our energy industry than any enemy overseas. Any enemy overseas. More than the communist Chinese, the fascistic Russians, more than anybody. His first day in office, ending Trump's energy independence initiatives. Burdensome emissions regulations. Monument designations, restricts and eliminates drilling in Anwar, new rules, social costs of carbon dioxide, closes the Keystone XL pipeline. Week later, January 27, climate financing. He taxed the energy industry by promoting ending international financing of carbon intensive fossil fuel based energy. 
simultaneously advancing so-called sustainable development and green recovery. He's signing executive orders left and right, like Benito Mussolini, but he doesn't know what he's signing. Green Fleet called on all federal agencies to facilitate carbon neutrality by 2025. All federal vehicles and federal, state, and local governments need to be electric vehicles. Oh, that won't hurt the grid. Same day, January 27th. This is just this first week. Wind production. They continue to push for inefficient (coughs) fuel sources by setting a goal to double wind production on federal lands by 2025. We have three years. This is from the GOP study committee. Same day. Gas lease moratorium. Executive order announced moratorium on new oil and gas leases on public lands. Same day, January 27. Biden's executive order directs agencies to eliminate federal fossil fuel subsidies wherever possible. Devastating oil and gas production. Same day, environmental justice. Executive order pushed for an increase in enforcement of environmental justice violations which are typically advanced by radical environmental organizations. Following week, February 2nd, EPA hires radical. The EPA hired Marianne Engelman Lado, a prominent environmental justice proponent, to push its radical Green New Deal social justice ascent at the EPA. February 4th, DOG takes aim at energy independence at the behest uh, of Trump, of uh, of Biden, the DOJ withdrew several Trump era enforcement documents, which provided clarity and streamlined regulations to increase energy independence. February nineteenth, this first month, he rejoins the Paris Climate Agreement, an agenda which puts American energy at risk, props up energy production in Russia and China, and increases their the uh, dependence of Europe on Russian oil. March 11, American Rescue Plan Act slush fund. Biden signed ARPA, which included numerous provisions advancing his green priorities, such as 50 million environmental slush fund directed towards environmental justice left-wing groups. March 11th, there's ARPA anti-fossil fuel grants, more grants, another 50 million funding for Clean Air Act pollution-related activities aimed at advancing the green agenda at the expense of the fossil fuel industry. Four days later, March 15, climate disclosure rule, the Securities and Exchange Commission seeks input regarding the possibility of a rule that would require hundreds of businesses to measure and disclose greenhouse gas emissions in a standardized way for the first time, massively increasing so-called environmental costs of compliance, and in tandem with a so-called social cost of carbon, actually disincentivizing oil and gas production. March 15, FERC carbon pricing, the Federal Energy Regulatory Commission policy, outlines and endorses how the agency would consider market rules proposed by regional grid operators, electrical grid, that seek to incorporate a state-determined carbon price in organized wholesale electricity markets. You get the drift here. April 22nd, U.S. International Climate Finance Plan. It's a result of Biden's January 27 climate change EO would funnel international financing toward green industries and away from oil and gas. 
March 28, EPA reconsideration of California waiver would propose to revoke a Trump-era action which revoked California's ability to set nationwide standards for emissions vehicles. April 7th, excuse me, May 7th, migratory bird incidental take. This proposed Fish and Wildlife Service rule revokes a Trump administration rule and expands the definition of incidental take under the Migratory Bird Treaty Act. The rule would impact energy production on federal lands, increasing regulatory burdens. March 15th, excuse me, May 15th, CAFE preemption. This proposed rule would reinstate California's waiver, which allowed the state to set its own emission standards. What California is doing, and it's intentional, it's the tail that wags the dog. They have such onerous CAFE standards for automobiles and so forth that the auto industry, in order to sell into that market, which is the biggest state market that exists, it affects all the production of vehicles nationwide. So that's how they do it through the back door. May 20th, climate-related financial risk. This executive order would artificially increase regulatory burdens on the oil and gas industry by increasing the so-called risk the federal government undertakes in doing business with them. May 28th, the Biden Green Book, his FY 2022 revenue proposals include nearly $150 billion in tax increases directly levied against oil and gas energy producers. Now, ladies and gentlemen, that's five months into the Biden administration. You can see he's got every department and agency, every division and office and unit targeting American energy production. July 23rd of last year, Climate Action Plan. July 28th of last year, Department of Energy Building Codes. August 5th of last year, Biden Clean Cars and Trucks Executive Order. August 5th, EPA Clean Trucks Plan. August 26th, EPA Proposed Rule on Passenger Car Emissions. September 3rd, Increase in CAFE Standards. September 9th, Sustainable Flight National Partnership. September 9th, Department of Education Climate Action Plan. September 9th, Department of Labor Climate Action Plan. October 4th, Trump era rule, final rule, revoked, which eased burdensome regulations on energy action. October 7th, Council on Economic Equality revoked Trump administration NEPA reforms that reduced regulatory burdens. October 7th, monument designations. Biden announced plans to designate large swaths of America as monuments. October 7th, he was busy October 7th. I guess he wasn't at Rehoboth Beach. Climate Action Plan, U.S. Department of Agriculture. October 7th, Climate Action Plan, Department of Energy. October 7th, Climate Action Plan, EPA. October 14, Department of Labor, ESG rule. Remember those? So-called environmental, social, and governance factors. The radical hard-left Marxist agenda imposed on oil and gas producers, as well as all all other industries. It's absolutely unbelievable how they take over the culture in the private sector. You want to hear more? 
You know, you don't understand. It's the invasion into, into Ukraine. October 29, BLM social costs of carbon. November 2nd, global methane pledge. November 4th, COP26 pledge. Ending fossil fuel financing abroad. November 9th, FAA climate action plan. November 12th, new source review. These broad overarching regulations target new, modified, and reconstructed oil and natural gas sources would require states to reduce methane emissions from hundreds of thousands of existing sources nationwide for the first time. Gee, imagine that. That has no impact. November 15th, Cacheo Canyon, DOI announced, that's Interior, plans to withdraw Chacao Canyon from oil and gas drilling for 20 years. November 15, Omarovo nomination. The Biden administration nominated Omarova to serve as controller of the currency. She said a lot of smaller players in the fossil fuel industry are going to probably go bankrupt in short order. November 17, HUD submits its climate action plan. November 19, Biden endorsed methane tax. A methane tax. Better stop eating green beans, baked beans, Mr. Producer. November 19th, mineral and energy withdrawals includes language resulting in mineral and energy withdrawals on federal lands. Want to hear more? November 19th, Biden-supported bill would increase fees and royalties for onshore and offshore oil and gas production. Aimed at fossil fuel industry, obviously. November 19th, a new $8 billion tax on companies that produce, process, transmit, or store oil and natural gas starting in 2023. November 19th, they have to book income taxes, including the amount to double taxation on capital-intensive industries. Tax Foundation study found it would hit energy industry more than others. Petroleum and natural gas industry would lose 10,000 jobs. November 19th, Biden endorsed a repeal of the global intangible low-taxed income exemption for oil and gas income, which would result in $85 billion tax increase on production. You see what's going on here, Mr. Producer? November 19th, dual tax capacity. November 19th, net investment tax. It's all on oil industries. November 19th, all by executive order. Biden's would, ex- would, would significantly expand the EV tax credit. Let's see, to subsidize those competing with oil and gas industry. November 19th, tax on crude oil. A 16.4 cent tax on every barrel on crude oil, up from 9.7 cents. Another $13 billion ta- tax increase on the oil industry. You're talking about hundreds of billions of dollars in tax increases now. That's on you, folks. November 26, Department of Interior Leasing Program. Raise costs to producers. December 8th, Clean Energy Economy Executive Order. Artificially incentivize a push for 100% electric vehicle fleet by 2035, including light vehicles. By 2027, carbon-free electricity government-wide by 2030, net zero federal operations by 2050. 
December 14th, Environmental Justice launched a revamp of its Office of Civil Rights to add so-called environmental justice enforcement as a key pillar in enforcing the Title VI civil rights complaints against companies. December 28, the final rule revokes Trump-era actions which prevented California, again, the California standards. January 13, Clean Energy Corporation, Department of Energy announced an initiative to hire a thousand staffers for their, free, for their Clean Energy Corporations, a group of staff dedicated to Biden's promise to destroy fossil fuels. January 14, Raskin nomination. See, the whole Raskin family is filled with reds. Biden nominated Sarah Raskin to serve as vice chair of the Federal Reserve. She was deemed so radical in her belief that Fed policy should be dedicated by radical environmental policy that she gained a bipartisan opposition and she had to withdraw her nomination. February 9th, coal and oil power plant mercury standards would revoke Trump-era rule that cut red tape on coal and oil-fired power generations. Generators would effectively reinstate Obama-era regulations which sought to increase regulations on coal and oil fire power plants and put them out of business. February 19th, oil and gas permit delay. The Biden administration paused working all new oil and gas leases on federal land. Unnecessarily hurting domestic production. February 28th, ozone transport rule. Proposed rule would expand federal emissions regulation over a wider geographic region, over a wider array of resources including the gathering, boosting, and transmissioning segments of the oil and gas sector. Integral energy production states like Nevada, Utah, Wyoming will be required to jump through more red tape. March 1st, the Biden administration refused to appeal an unprecedented decision to vacate an offshore oil and gas leasing sale held in November 2021. March 11th, Natural gas infrastructure project reviews. The interim, the interim regulation will require the regulatory burden on natural gas facilities requiring climate change impacts be considered when determining whether a project is in the public interest, which means never. March 14th, EPA decision, excuse me, March 16th, doubling down on social costs of carbon. The Fifth Circuit Court of Appeals reinstated dubious social costs of a carbon metric the Biden administration would appeal. And there's more into the last month. So when you hear, what's the problem with the oil companies? They can drill on the leases they already have, America. Or when you hear, they're profiting like never before. What's going on here? Or when you hear the price of fuel is going up because of Putin's unprovoked invasion into Ukraine. You now know the rest of the story. That there's not a day that goes by that the war against energy in America isn't unleashed in a hellish way against the American people. They are sabotaging our energy system in America. I'll be right back. Mark 
Verizon, AT&T, and T-Mobile are charging you a premium fee every month for data you don't use. Stop paying for things you don't use. Instead of paying $89 a month to your current provider, pay just $20 to Pure Talk for what you actually need. I made the switch, and I'll be honest, I was nervous at first thinking, well, is the coverage really going to be that good? Am I going to drop calls, slow internet? I can tell you firsthand. The 5G service is that good. Switching to Pure Talk was that easy. So listen, don't sit on the fence any longer. You're being ripped off by greedy wireless companies. It's time to take the leap and start saving money every month. Go to puretalk.com, select a plan, then enter promo code Levin Podcast. That's L-E-V-I-N Podcast and save 50% off your first month. You can literally be switched over to Pure Talk service in less than 10 minutes. So go to puretalk.com and enter promo code Levin Podcast. So the war on energy goes on each and every day from this administration. Extremists and radicals in every single department of the federal government from the White House down have taken control of our energy system. Biden signs these very broad executive orders and then every department of government runs with them. And they each have to come up with a thorough, comprehensive plan and institute them, whether it's the Department of Education, the Department of Energy, the Department of Agriculture, Labor Department, Justice Department, Interior Department, of course, EPA, of course. They basically have adopted the Bernie Sanders AOC Green New Deal, which is not a Green New Deal, ladies and gentlemen. It is the degrowth movement that is making the production of oil and gasoline in this country enormously expensive and difficult. I'll be right back. Verizon, AT&T, and T-Mobile are charging you a premium fee every month for data you don't use. Stop paying for things you don't use. Instead of paying $89 a month to your current provider, pay just $20 to Pure Talk for what you actually need. I made the switch, and I'll be honest, I was nervous at first thinking, well, is the coverage really going to be that good? Am I going to drop calls, slow internet? I can tell you firsthand. The 5G service is that good. Switching to Pure Talk was that easy. So listen, don't sit on the fence any longer. You're being ripped off by greedy wireless companies. It's time to take the leap and start saving money every month. Go to puretalk.com, select a plan, then enter promo code Levin Podcast. That's L-E-V-I-N Podcast and save 50% off your first month. You can literally be switched over to Pure Talk service in less than 10 minutes. So go to puretalk.com and enter promo code Levin Podcast. This is the Ministry of Truth. The Mark Levin Show. Call in now. 877-381-3811. Right here from today's Associated Depressed. Long lines are back at U.S. food banks as inflation hits high. Phoenix. Long lines are back at food banks around the U.S. as working Americans overwhelmed by inflation turn to handouts to help feed their families. America. Look what's happened in 18 to 20 months. With gas prices soaring along with grocery costs, many people are seeking charitable food for the first time. 
and more are arriving on foot. Inflation in the U.S. is at a 41-year high. Gas prices have been surging since April 2020. Rapidly rising rents and an end of federal COVID-19 relief (coughs) have all taken a financial toll. The food banks, which had started to see some relief as people returned to work after the pandemic, are struggling to meet the latest need, even as federal programs provide less food to distribute. Grocery store donations wane and cash gifts don't go nearly as far. That's what happens when an economy is collapsing. People don't have enough liquid assets to start handing them out. They husband what they have. You're living in the United States of the Democrat Party right now, ladies and gentlemen, where your kids aren't taught, where the borders are open, where the currency is weakening, and where the economy is on its back. Thomasina John was among hundreds of families lined up in several lanes of cars that went around the block one recent day outside St. Mary's Food Bank in Phoenix. John said her family had never visited a food bank before because her husband had easily supported her and their four children with his construction work. But it's really impossible to get by now without some help, said John, who traveled with a neighbor to share gas costs as they idled under a scorching desert sun. The prices are way too high. Jesus Pasquale was also in the queue. It's a real struggle, he said. A janitor who estimated he spends several hundred dollars a month on groceries for himself, his wife, and their five children, aged 11 and 19. And the same scene is repeated across the nation where food bank workers predict a rough summer keeping ahead of demand. I don't see a lot of this on TV. Do you, Mr. Producer? I remember when Ronald Reagan was president, NBC, ABC, CBS, and the rest of the alphabet soup were out there with their correspondents and their cameras taking pictures of food lines when Reagan was trying to fix the mess that Carter got us into. The surge in food prices comes after state governments ended COVID-19 disaster declarations. In other words, they're upset, the AP, that we're not spending more money, more handouts. But that's not going to solve anything. It'll destroy more. That's the problem. It's not going to solve anything. It'll destroy a hell of a lot more. And the Democrats are, in fact, wanting to spend more, ladies and gentlemen. They have a trillion-dollar plan. They want to raise a trillion dollars in taxes and spend another trillion dollars. They call it the Build Back Better Light program. Light. These morons learn nothing. These morons learn nothing. And a quarter of a trillion dollars of those taxes will fall squarely on the backs of small business. Now, I want you to think about this. They're fighting like hell for their survival. They're trying to produce a product or service that's affordable. For customers and clients who have less and less available funds. And the federal government wants to spend more money. That is fiscal disaster. Add more debt. More printing of money. And raise costs in the private sector. Now you have a situation in which the Federal Reserve 
is trying to slow the economy, trying to limit the amount of money printing, when the Democrats want to increase the spending and increase the money printing. Does that make sense to anybody? Now, the difference between a Ronald Reagan and a Franklin Roosevelt, Roosevelt who dragged us into a 10-year depression, Reagan who after a couple of years of really, really tough recessionary period, which he inherited from Carter, absolutely. He never attacked the Federal Reserve, Reagan. He knew what they had to do. But on fiscal policy, what did Reagan do? Supply-side economics. He said the Federal Reserve needs to fix the currency through the monetary system. What I need to do, Reagan said, is slash taxes so the private sector can breathe and try to limit spending. Now, he's attacked for huge deficits. But he actually did slash spending, and he slashed the increase of spending. And it would have been slashed more, but for Democrats and rhinos of the ilk that I attack here every single night, like those 19 bipartisan Republicans, so-called. So-called. But that's not what Biden wants to do. That's not what the Democrats want to do. You're going to tax the productive sector? You heard me read. Now, I didn't expect you to memorize it all. I couldn't. You heard me read. 81 taxes, regulations, obstructions that the Biden administration has put in place against the production of oil and gasoline. The fines and the penalties against industries. Every single day in this country. Every single day. And they want to increase taxes and increase spending. They tax and spend Democrats, as Reagan would call them. If they get their way, we're headed for sure into a depression. If they get their way, listen to me. I told you we'd be in inflation, we're in inflation. I told you we'd be in stagflation, we're heading for stagflation. Now I'm telling you, if the Democrats succeed, we will be in a depression. If they succeed, we're going to be in a depression. If they're able to spend another trillion dollars, which is printed money, they don't have a trillion dollars. And at the same time, take more money out of the private sector particularly from small businesses who cannot handle it anymore. They simply cannot. You're going to have massive unemployment, food lines like we haven't seen since the Depression. You're going to see bank issues. And this other issue I discussed the other night that nobody's discussing. The interest on the debt, as the Federal Reserve increases interest rates, is going to be massive. Because the federal government actually has to pay itself interest on the debt. Doesn't that sound like some third world tyranny? But it's true. They have to pay interest 
on the debt. It's been very low because the Federal Reserve has kept interest rates artificially low. And so the interest on the debt is going to take out a huge chunk of the federal budget. So this ideology that Bernie Sanders had and some of these morons who wrote these books had about the new economics, that you can spend as much as you want and borrow much as you want, all the Federal Reserve does is buy bonds and pays itself back and so forth and so on. You can see the insanity of that. If something doesn't make sense, ladies and gentlemen, you don't do it. You don't do it. It's never worked in world history. What makes them think it's going to work now? I'll be right back. Mark Lovin. Verizon, AT&T, and T-Mobile are charging you a premium fee every month for data you don't use. Stop paying for things you don't use. Instead of paying $89 a month to your current provider, pay just $20 to Pure Talk for what you actually need. I made the switch, and I'll be honest, I was nervous at first thinking, well, is the coverage really going to be that good? Am I going to drop calls, slow internet? I can tell you firsthand. The 5G service is that good. Switching to Pure Talk was that easy. So listen, don't sit on the fence any longer. You're being ripped off by greedy wireless companies. It's time to take the leap and start saving money every month. Go to puretalk.com, select a plan, then enter promo code Levin Podcast. That's L-E-V-I-N Podcast and save 50% off your first month. You can literally be switched over to Pure Talk service in less than 10 minutes. So go to puretalk.com and enter promo code Levin Podcast. We need to take to the streets, America. Remember, isn't that what AOC said after the uh, Dobbs ruling? Take to the streets, America. Take to the streets. I think given the YouTube that we saw, Mr. Producer, we may have to take to the streets to help AOC, don't you? She doesn't really want us to take to the streets. She just wants her kooks to take to the streets, which I'll explain next hour. Next hour. Mr. Producer, do we have a caller to whom I should speak? Yes. XM Satellite, Michael, Greensboro, North Carolina. Go right ahead, please. Mr. Levan, I love you. You're wonderful. I Thank am you. 62, born in 1959. Oh, you're wonderful. Um, so I remember growing up in the 70s and um, under the Carter administration and the, um, the gas prices, the inflation, mm-hmm. I remember... The, I'll never forget, you know, 13, you know, 12, 13% interest rates. On a house. So, um, on a mortgage. I know. Yeah. Yes. Can you imagine? Mm. And so, well, the other thing is, can I mention about Greensboro, North Carolina? Sure. With Joe Biden and Roy Cooper bringing in thousands of um, immigrant 14 to 17 year old children, just to say that, into our uh, community. Mm-hmm. Um, I, this country, I'm just so appalled at 
And how come Joe it? Biden? I mentioned this the other night. How come Joe Biden doesn't talk about? And it was revealed on my Sunday show. How come Joe Biden doesn't talk about the two five to six year old little girls um, who were raped by an illegal immigrant uh, coming across the border? And these girls were the children of illegal immigrants, apparently. How come we don't keep statistics on how many children are molested as a result of Biden's open border policies? How come we don't keep statistics on how many people are raped as a result of Joe Biden's open border policies? How come we don't keep statistics on how many people have been killed or died trying to come over the open borders rather than through an an administrative process that we have in place with our laws? And how come the media don't care? Over at the Washington Compost, the New York Slimes, nothing. The Constipated News Network and uh, MSLSD, nothing. Nothing. All the reporters are in Washington or New York. None of them are where they need to be on the border. I want to thank you for your call, my friend. I appreciate it. North Carolina is a great state. You have an opportunity to elect a solid, solid individual to the United States Senate. I pray. I pray we take this Senate. It's not a joke anymore. That is, it's not something that we just hope we do. we got to go out and get it. Now, I am a little concerned about people constantly talking about the Republican wave and the Republican landslide. There's only a wave and a landslide if you and I and the rest of us make it happen. I'll be right back. In 2008, Luke's Wings, a nonprofit based in Washington, was formed to support wounded, ill, and injured service members and their families in times of crisis. Designed to bring the love of family to the bedside of catastrophically wounded warriors at Walter Reed, this small organization has proven critical to the well-being of military families across the nation. It has removed one of the most expensive line items during the recovery process, the cost of travel, and has even proven to save lives and save marriages by reducing the risk of suicide and keeping spouses closer. Special lines of effort exist to support wounded warriors, veterans in hospice, fallen law enforcement officers, and the special operators via a formal partnership with Special Operation Command's Care Coalition. Save their number, 512-971-9848. That's 512-971-9848 for emergency travel support anytime, day or night. And help Luke's Wings continue to support those who protect our liberties. Visit lukeswings.org, that's Luke's, L-U-K-E-S, wings, W-I-N-G-S, dot org, to make monetary or mileage donations, to request a flight. That's lukeswings.org. Did you know Fast Growing Trees is the biggest online nursery in America with more than 10,000 different kinds of plants and over 2 million happy customers in the U.S.? They have everything you could possibly want like fruit trees, palm trees, evergreens, houseplants, much, much more. Whatever you're interested in, they have it for you. Find the perfect fit for your climate and space. Fast Growing Trees makes it easy to order online and your plants are shipped directly to your door in one to two days. And along with their 30-day Alive and Thrive guarantee, they offer free plant consultation 
forever. My wife Julie and I decided it was time to add more flowering trees to our landscape, and Fast Growing Tree was a great resource for us. A large selection and no hassle ordering or shipping. This spring they have the best deals online, up to half off on selected plants and other deals, and listeners to our show get an additional 15% off their first purchase when using the code LEVIN at checkout. L-E-V-I-N. Now that's an additional 15% off at FastGrowingTrees.com using code LEVIN in at checkout. Fastgrowingtrees.com, code L-E-V-I-N. Offer is valid for a limited time. Terms and conditions may apply. Please visit fastgrowingtrees.com for details. He's here. He's here. Now, broadcasting from the underground command post, deep in the bowels of a hidden bunker, somewhere under the brick and steel of a nondescript building, we've once again made contact with our leader, Mark Levin. Hello, America. Mark Levin here. Our number, 877 877-381-3811. Alex Stein is apparently a comedian. I didn't know Alex Stein, but then again, I don't know all comedians. And there he was outside the Capitol building yesterday. And don't you know, he saw AOC, Ayach, walking up the steps. And he took notice of her. He took notice of her and uh, was, I guess, with his iPhone taking a uh, a video of him and her as she was walking up the steps. And this is what happened. Cut 19, go. See, my favorite big booty Latina. I love you, AOC. You're my favorite. She wants to kill babies, but she's still beautiful. You look very beautiful in that dress. You look very sexy. Look at that booty on AOC. That's my favorite big booty Latina. I love it. My favorite, AOC. Nice to meet you, AOC. Look how sexy she looks in that dress. Woo, I love it, AOC. Hot, hot, hot like a tamale. Hmm. Hmm. Freedom of speech, I think. Right, Mr. Producer? Take to the streets. To quote the late, not great Maxine Waters, even though she's not late, she's there. Get in their faces and so forth. Their groups track them down at the restaurants where they're eating in public. We'll give you a a finder's fee of 50 bucks. And if they're still there, when the crowd shows up, the mod shows up, you get 200 bucks. Well, AOC was very offended. She posted a response on Twitter and on uh, Rumble, rather. And by the way, she took her video immediately, didn't she, Mr. Producer? While she was standing there. She's since taken it down. But we have it. Here was a response. Immediate response right there. Cut 20, go. Hey everybody, I'm here in the Capitol. Um, See this guy right there? Right there. He, when I was walking... How do you know he's a guy? First of all. Seems very stereotypical. Go back to the top with her if you can. Well, go ahead. Hey everybody, I'm here in the Capitol. Um, yeah. See this guy right there? Right there. He, when I was walking up, um, he said, hey, it's right in front of a Capitol Police officer. Hey, uh, 
Here's this. Look at that big ass. Look at that big juicy booty. This hold on, hold on, hold on, hold on. Did he use the word ass? I know he used the word booty, but that's maybe the same thing. But he didn't use the word ass, did he, Mr. Producer? Did he use the word juicy? We're going to have to listen again. I don't think so. Much like Media Matters, how they pervert the words. Go ahead. You know, all the bunch of racist, sexist stuff. And since nobody can do anything, I'm just telling you because um, this institution is not designed to protect people. Oh, really? And have you called off the dogs against the justices? This institution's not here to protect people. This guy was like, if you look at the video, like 10, 20 feet away, right, Rich? And she walked closer to him and made some kind of, I thought, comment to him. Like shooting a selfie or something? I couldn't, couldn't make it out, but still, he wasn't threatening her. Certainly not physically. Go ahead. And it's really hard and it's really sad that my only recourse is to just let you know about it, but that's the institution we're in. Oh, okay. You could always resign, you know. As bad as that is, it is free speech. He didn't come anywhere near you. He didn't threaten you. You've got people threatening justices of the Supreme Court night and day. Marching up and down their private streets, making noise so their kids can't go to sleep. And I haven't heard you say a damn thing. As a matter of fact, I've heard the opposite. You chanting and yelling to people to go to the streets. You thought the riots of 2020 were mostly peaceful. This guy was 100% peaceful. 100% peaceful. I'll prove it. Play it again. Cut 19. Go. See, you're my favorite big booty Latina. I love you, AOC. You're my favorite. She wants to kill babies, but she's still beautiful. You look very beautiful in that dress. You look very sexy. Look at that booty on AOC. That's my favorite big booty Latina. Watch your little selfie. I love it. My favorite AOC. Nice to meet you, AOC. Look how sexy she looks in that dress. Woo, I love it, didn't AOC. She, didn't she yell, I love you or something there, Mr. Producer? Let's make it as loud as we can. Start at the top, seriously. See, you're my favorite big booty Latina. I love you, AOC. You're my favorite. She wants to kill babies, but she's still beautiful. You look very beautiful in that dress. You look very sexy. Look at that booty on AOC. That's my favorite big booty Latina. Watch your little selfie. I love it. My favorite AOC. Nice to meet you, AOC. Look how sexy she looks in that dress. I can't make it out. I can't tell exactly, but it sounds something like that. And why don't you do a selfie or something, too? Something to that effect. But uh, I can't hear it completely. Uh, But she was obviously offended. I can't say I blame her. But the guy is just doing what leftists do, isn't he? Pretty much. And actually, they do a lot worse. What is it that she wanted the Capitol Police to do? First of all, she wants to defund the police. Does she not? Yes, she's a radical kook. Moron. She wants to defund the police. 
So what is she saying that the Capitol Police should do? And what about the institution we're in that's not protecting her? What does that mean? I don't know what that means. The guy's outside. She want the cops to, to uh, arrest him? All right, I've spent enough time on this, but you get the point. Let's jump into the, the DNA pool. What do you say, Mr. Producer? Let's go to Carl, Beaver Town, Oregon, the great KUFO, K-U-F-O. Carl, you're on. Go. Hey, great one. Thanks for taking my call. You Listen, bet. on the subject of gas prices and how it affects businesses, I, I, when I started working for the post office 17 years ago, my manager told me for every penny prices go up, it costs mm-hmm. us $8 million. Now, with $2 increase... That's you know what? Wait a minute. I hadn't even thought about that. The cost for the postal service and even in FedEx and UPS has to be enormous. I'm sorry. Go Indeed ahead. Indeed, it does. Yeah. Oh, go ahead. It's all good. Um, no, with uh, prices like that, it's gonna we're gonna see ripple effects all along the line. And if they do things like you know cutting the gas tax temporarily. All you're going to do is inflate your demand for the gas without increasing the supply. So the, right, we're just exactly. going to create shortages to compound it. And and by the way, it's just a fan dance. It doesn't resolve the problem, does it? They they have now created such a mess that you have uh, economic crosswinds, overlays. That is, what you do in one area may damage another area. It's like somebody who has you know, a horrible health issue that's affecting one organ. If you give them medicine to take care of that organ, it might affect another organ. So if you address one, address one organ, it might hurt the other organ, and you're trying to keep the body alive and the person healthy. That's what they've done to us. We didn't have to do this. This didn't have to be done. This is de- People need to understand, this is the ideology of the Democrat Party. If you like what's going on, vote for the Democrats. If you don't vote against them, that's the election right there. All right, Carl, thank you for your call, my friend. Let's continue. Let's go to Allen, Dallas, Texas, the great WBAP, WBAP. Go ahead. How you doing, Mark? You got it. Very well, thanks. How you doing, Mark? Good. How are you? Just fine. Uh, yes, sir. Speak up or forever hold yourself. Uh, I heard on uh, WBAP today that ERCOT, which is our grid supplier for electricity, was it's advising uh, at Tesla owners to not charge their vehicles because mm-hmm. it was taking down the grid. Because you don't have enough electricity, and the reason you don't have enough electricity. Because over the decades, it's shocking, given the fact that Texas is a major oil producer, uh, that Texas has been transitioning, quote-unquote, to uh, so-called clean energy, air, uh, excuse me, solar and wind. It's hot as hell in Texas, and there's no wind right now. So you got a problem. We've been been 105, 104 in the past week. No wind. Mm -hmm. That's right. They've been telling us to cut back, so, you know... That's our Green New Deal. It's your Green New Deal, which is a raw deal. And uh, fossil fuels are available. They're available for the next 
several hundred years while people are developing technology. But when you want to take a country down, you go after their economy. And when you want to take an account, an economy down, Alan, you go after the energy system. And, I, and I've said this over and over. I don't know how many more times. The electrical grid cannot handle what's happening now. And if we're going to have all these automobiles and buildings who are solely based, that are solely based on electricity, it's not going to work. It can't function. The electrical grid can't handle it. And the problem for Texas is you have your own electrical grid. You're not part of the national or any regional grid. It's that or nothing. All right, Alan, you take care, my friend. Florida looks pretty good about now, doesn't it, Mr. Producer? I'll be right back. Mark Lovin. Mr. Producer reminded me who this Alex Stein is. He actually is quite funny at that school board meeting when he was singing and dancing. Right, Rich? Yeah. Okay. They'll try and destroy him. Let's continue with our callers, I would argue. Let's continue. What do you say? Fred, Houston, Texas, on the Mark Levin app, I assume. Go right ahead. Yes. Uh, yes, Mark. I'm calling about the, this war on fossil fuels. That, that the whole um, idea, the reason that they're, 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 the other side is saying that they don't like fossil fuels is because it gives, gives off greenhouse gases, CO2. Now, the Supreme Court just ruled that they don't have that authority anymore. So I'm wondering, where, where is the pushback? It seems every one of these blasted things that you were talking about that they wanted to do, where is Congress? No, you can't do that. Sorry, you don't have the authority. Well, but, Congress is controlled by them, right? I understand that. But there still needs to be a law. Well, so, what needs? there can't be a law when they control Congress. However, I get your point, and hopefully, it's a damn good point. Hopefully, some of these companies will start suing and pushing back, I think, is more to the point, right? And cite yeah. the Supreme Court. Supreme Court, it means something. I, mean, they I agree like with you. They just rule, issue rulings, and yeah. And so the problem is the problem is these are executive orders, and what's happening here when you have uh, an administration like this that is utterly lawless when it comes to applying the immigration laws and so forth. You have a president who really has taken the issue of executive orders further than any modern president that I can think of. And he really is legislating by executive order. He's nationalizing effectively by regulation and taxation and penalties. Directing the bureaucracy to do this and do that. The purpose of an executive order was originally for the executive, the president, to put out an order to the people in his branch of the government to do X, Y, or Z. Not the substitute for legislation. This really does need to be litigated, especially with the makeup of this court now. These executive orders are so far out of control. And uh, we have executive orders now being issued that affect elections. Is the federal government involved in elections? People are trying to figure out what it is exactly he's up to. But it's very difficult to find out right now. Thank you for your call, Fred. I saw a a group of so-called conservative Republicans. This lawyer Ginsburg. 
I guess if you work for Bush, you're a conservative Republican. I saw Ted Olson, who kind of has abandoned conservatism some time ago, was an old buddy of mine. Um, and others who claim to be conservatives, claim to represent you and me, and they put out a book of some kind that they did thorough research of all the issues, the 64 lawsuits. We've heard there were 66, 67, 60, 61, and 64. And they found no fraud whatsoever that would have affected even the outcome in any precinct in America. Wow. In a way that might affect the outcome of the election. Well, there you have it. They put out a book. And their point is, I saw them on TV today. They're out there saying things like, we don't want to dissuade conservatives from voting, and we're afraid that that's what's happening here. So these are mostly never-Trumpers, former judges, Sky Griffin, and so forth. I thought to myself, former judges, lawyers, Ted Olson, they didn't study this. They have that, nor the time, nor the attention span. So I guess they put together a group, and they put their names on it. That's my guess. That's my guess. They said Trump should have just walked away, and that's that. Now, I played for you last night ten minutes straight, two segments. Ten minutes straight, two clips, I should say. Over 150 times the Democrats didn't accept the 200 results, 2000, 2004, and 2016. It's put together by the RNC. Doesn't seem to bother the Democrats when they challenge elections or election results. What about Zuckerberg and his $417 million? Is that a problem? Not according to Ginsburg and the others. It's not a problem at all. Olson thinks it's fine, I guess. No big deal. Really, then why did he spend $417 million if he didn't think it would have an effect? They really believe a billionaire who's an active liberal Democrat should be able to effectively control through grants how local election officials conduct themselves in cities like Philadelphia and Minneapolis and other cities? Have they even looked at that? That's okay. Well, it wouldn't affect the outcome. I don't care if it affects the outcome or not. Or the violations of the federal constitution? I thought these people believed in the constitution. Article 2, Section 1, Clause 2. How many more times do we have to say it? It's okay for a Democrat governor, a Democrat attorney general, a Democrat Secretary of State or a rogue state Supreme Court to change the election laws even one week before the election? Well, it didn't affect the outcome. Do you not want clean elections? Is that the problem? I'll be right back. Ever notice how you come across somebody once in a while that you shouldn't have messed with? That's Mark. And you can call him at 877-381-3811. All right, let's go. Cassidy, St. Paul, Minnesota, XM Satellite. Go right ahead, please. Hi, 
Mark, yep. how are you? Good. How are you? I am doing great. My friend and I listen to your show, and we reflect on it afterwards, but oh. we walk and bike everywhere because it's healthy and with the ridiculous gas prices. Mm-hmm. But they're crippling us with these food and energy shortages. What's mm-hmm. going to happen in the wintertime? In a state like Minnesota, it's going to be pretty tough. It's going to be pretty tough, I have to tell you. I don't have any easy answers here. But you better you better work hard on uh, getting the right people into office, I would say. But you have some real commies there, don't you? Yeah, you could say that. Yeah. So you guys bike and walk everywhere. You know, I do that too. Yeah, it's good. It's best Actually, I'm not telling habit. you this. It's a good habit. It's healthy, but actually I don't. My wife is healthy. She runs, she walks, this, that, the other. I have to be prodded. I have to be hounded. Oh well. But then oh, again, yeah. I uh, well, I have a home in Florida. Our... What's that? Well, Florida's nice, and we also have our downfall. We have a bit of a coffee problem. Oh, really? So does she and her mom. They drink a lot of coffee. Oh, my goodness. Oh. All right, Cassidy, hang in there. You take care of yourself. Let us continue. Marty, Fairbanks, Alaska. We go from cold to colder. The great KFAR. How are you, Marty? I'm fine, Mark. Thanks for taking my call. You bet. Uh, and thanks for being and thanks for being a lighthouse in a, a catastrophic storm that we're facing. Mark, Thank my you. question is: with what's happening in Sri Lanka and the Netherlands uh, mm-hmm. and the New Green Deal tyranny, do you see uh, or do you uh, see a problem with the United States having one single person uh, owning as much farmland, uh, say, as Bill Gates does now with what's going on? Yeah, what's that all about? Why is he buying up all this land? That's why I called, Mark. And then you have this guy. What's the guy that used to own CNN? What's his name, Mr. Producer? Zuckerberg. Ted Turner owns all this land, too. What's with these billionaires buying up all this acreage? You know, property property and land, as you know, Marty, you're in Fairbanks, Alaska, means everything. It means survival. It means individualism. That's why it was so important to the founders of this country. And these billionaires buying up all this land, I don't know why they're doing it. Why do you think he's doing it? Well, it just concerns me uh, with the New Green Deal uh, and petroleum. By the way, you know who else is buying up a lot of land, Marty? The communist Chinese. Oh, yes. I have friends in Seattle, where I'm originally from, that they say that all the uh, the new railways, all the properties that are outlining the railways are being bought up by the Chinese. Well, I don't know why the federal government, why Congress now doesn't pass a law and prevent it. I mean it. I, I Look, I'm as a free market guy as the next guy, but they're the enemy. They're the enemy. They're the enema of the state. Do you agree with me, Marty? Mark, I've been saying that for years. Thank you for validifying it, verifying it. What do you do up in Alaska? Well, I'm retired, sir. I'm gardening and, and sitting here with my dogs right now, and uh, we just got what, back from a fishing trip. What do you do when it's cold? Oh, uh, well, you bundle up, sir. 
Yeah. <laughs> I guess so. But you're kind of stuck in the house when you get, you know, 40 feet of snow, right? Oh, we don't get 40 feet, but I'll tell you what, you try to stay on skis and uh, try to keep busy. Uh, I do a lot of reading. I read your uh, uh, American Marxism, and uh, I I can't tell you how much I enjoyed that book and and how you did on that. Thank you. But is it something, I I imagine it's Fairbanks, I mean, it's, it's a big town up there, but it's a little town over, you know, overall in the country, or medium town. There's probably a local pub or restaurant you like to hang out. Isn't, isn't that about right? At least I imagine Mark, to that. To be honest with you, we, well, my wife and I, we don't, we don't do the pub bit, but uh, yeah. we, we do home cooking. We have a garden, and, and uh, yeah. we process our own uh, game and, uh, and whatnot. So we, we, we're just learning to, to enjoy the simple things in life, I guess. That's pretty smart. Self-sufficient. I mean, if everything else is lost Very in this much. country, people in Alaska, many of them, are going to be self-sufficient. All right, Marty. It's good to talk to you, buddy. I, I like Marty. Thank you for your call. Our dog's name is Marty, by the way. He's 15 years old. Really my wife's dog, but I consider my dog, too. May I say that? I think I did. Okay, we got our man Jimmy from Brooklyn. Nobody's more expert on the communists, especially the Soviets, than Jimmy. Jimmy, the great WABC. Go. I do appreciate that. Yeah, when these people buy up all this farmland, including the communists, you know the history. You exposed what happened in Ukraine. Uh, genocide, uh, starvation, famine, they've used it in Africa. Cuban troops sent to Africa to help keep people uh, starving to death uh, years ago. This is dangerous. When the enemy controls our food, they want to control our health care. And any region who doesn't comply could be starved to death or denied health care. We've already got censorship. We got, you know, let's say, just let's play fantasy here. Let's say the last election was totally free, fair, and honest. The fact that the communists, the Marxists, the radical left, their un- unimaginable influence and, cont- and or control of our schools and media, they've been shaping opinions in America for a hundred years. So we mm-hmm. vote freely according to the uh, propaganda they put in our heads. When you realize that, we don't even have free and fair elections, even if they don't cheat with the ballot and the counting and the, and the uh, voting system. We better wake up, Mark. We really got to wake up. And the enemy knows when America falls, the whole world falls. So Ukraine now is under direct attack. So a lot of us are focused on Ukraine, and rightfully so. But with the communists, the globalists, the internationalists, the globalists, what they're doing in America, if we fall, they know they get the whole world. Mm-hmm. I mean, we're really in a big, a big problem here, Mark. I agree with you, Jimmy. Thanks for your call, buddy. By the way, uh, there was a great piece in Crisis Magazine the other day by our buddy Professor Paul Kengor of Grove City. It's focused on one senator, Casey of Pennsylvania. And in the piece, uh, Professor Kengor, who's in Pennsylvania, lives and works in Pennsylvania, points out that the decision, Planned Parenthood versus Casey, was the case against Governor Robert P. Casey Sr. of um, Pennsylvania. And Casey lost. He was a Democrat. He was a faithful, practicing, pro-life, Catholic Democrat. And he lost the case. 
and many Democrats in Pennsylvania, it's changing a lot, unfortunately, but many Democrats were of the same mind and are of the same mind. You're talking about ethnic Catholics, uh, whether they're Poles or Germans and Irish and so forth, Italians and others, uh, who were old school in the sense of uh, being pro-life. And Bob Casey kind of represented that that position. Bob Casey was banned, as Kengor points out, from the uh, Bill Clinton convention, the Democrat Party convention, because of his views. But the article lays out how his son, who ran as a pro-life Catholic Democrat in 2006 and defeated our buddy Rick Santorum, who is a pro-life Catholic Republican, and because... uh, George W. Bush was such a disaster in 2006. That's what actually cost Santorum the election in Pennsylvania. But Casey ran as a pro-life Catholic Democrat. But he's not that anymore. He got a 72% positive rating from NARAL pro-choice. 75% rating from Planned Parenthood. Susan B. Anthony List, a pro-life group, gave him an F. They gave Democrat Manchin of West Virginia B, if you can understand. So he has completely flopped over. Completely flopped over. Now, when the Dobbs decision was issued, as Ken Gore points out, Casey Jr. put out this statement. Today's decision upends almost half a century legal precedent, rips away a constitutional right that generations of women have known their entire lives. This dangerous ruling won't end abortions in this country, but it will put women's lives at risk. And make no mistake, this is not the end goal. It's just the beginning. The Supreme Court overruled the Casey defeat, his father's defeat at the Supreme Court. you imagine that, Mr. Producer? Republicans in Congress want to pass federal legislation to completely ban abortion. I don't know. That that sounds ridiculous. I don't believe so. It's a state issue. Our daughters and granddaughters should not grow up with fewer rights than their mothers. And yet 30 years ago, or less actually, his father said, I believe abortion to be the ultimate violence. I believe strongly Roe v. Wade was incorrectly decided as a matter of law and represents a national public policy, both divisive and destructive. It has unleashed a tidal wave that was swept away, swept away the lives of millions of defenseless, innocent, unborn children. So Bob Casey Sr., who was enormously popular, he's the one who lost the case in 1992. And the Supreme Court overrules it, giving him posthumously a victory. And his son denounces the Supreme Court. The man who ran in 2006 as a pro-life Catholic Democrat is now just another fraud. Abortion on demand in the last second. You know he voted for that? He voted for that Democrat bill. I'll be right back. Something very strange with this billionaire Peter Thiel and uh, my dear friend POTUS and some people in the media. 
It's like Teal picks these candidates, and then everybody's supposed to support them because Peter Teal supports them. Anybody know who Peter Teal is? That's what I mean. Is that what we've come to? I mean, it's really remarkable. In my view, Mr. Bernovich is the Attorney General, Mark Bernovich of Arizona. He doesn't just get money from Peter Thiel. He gets nothing from Peter Thiel. He doesn't have a big PAC backing him, funded by Peter Thiel. He gets nothing from Peter Thiel. No, he dukes it out on his own as the Attorney General of Arizona, one of the great Attorney Generals of this state. And so he wants to go to the United States Senate where he can really make a difference when it comes to immigration and these other issues. He's been a citizen candidate. He took on an incumbent and he beat the incumbent for Attorney General. Much like Lauren Boebert in Colorado. This is what we conservatives, grassroots activists, Tea Party, this is what we used to do. This is who we used to support. This is the way we used to operate. Not wait for billionaires to tell us who to support. And then have people in the Republican Party and the media promote them. That doesn't help citizen candidates win, ladies and gentlemen. Brnovich is by far the best candidate for the United States Senate, not only to beat Mark Kelly, who's a schmageggy, but to send to Washington, D.C. to fight for Arizona and fight for the rest of the country. If Peter Thiel wants to run for the Senate, he ought to run for the Senate. I don't know who the hell the guy is. He invented PayPal. He worked in one of the, what was a Bush administration, somebody's administration. I don't remember. Big deal. Big deal. Does he get to pick everybody? Let's not be suckers, folks. Let's not be suckers. That's my humble opinion to you that I share with you. You folks in Arizona, we need to send a rock rib conservative to the Senate. We can't keep blowing these opportunities like we did in Alabama. No offense, but we did. And even in Ohio. Ladies and gentlemen, we salute our armed forces, police officers, firefighters, emergency personnel. Thank you, our trucker brothers and sisters. And we support the men and women in Ukraine who seek to live and live in freedom. I'll see you tomorrow. God bless.